Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, how are we doing today? Hey, Adam. Good to be with you, buddy. Good to be with you. You want to uh, let everybody know what we got in store today? Yes. Yeah, so we'll introduce our guest in a second. I'm actually really excited about our topic. Uh, I'm not super excited about this next little announcement piece, Okay. Um, but I think you have something to say. That's right. I do. I do have <laughs> something to say. Done. Go ahead. So it's, it right it's been a while coming. I mean, so we're recording this. It's uh, middle of December, but uh, some of our listeners may not know that I am no longer on staff full time uh, or part time. I'm just not on staff anymore. Uh, so in June, right about mid June, I rolled off to go start a new venture. And we just realized that we have not told the podcast audience yes. that yet. And so it was good to just let some people know of yeah. what's going on. And so. Uh, so that's our announcement. Yes. And so, I, you know, always just because of the way we, we operate, we're going to ask lots of questions. Was there uh, any, you know, disqualification or did we all get sideways? No. Um, this is something you've been talking about for a really long time. Yeah. And, uh, and the time was kind of right. and Because uh, it so, was a global pandemic. <laughs> never been a better time to start a business. Consultancy practice in the yeah. middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. Surely. I mean, your uh, timing is impeccable. And, um, <laughs> and so that's right. I'd forgotten that. You yeah. kind of announced that this is going to. Uh, what's what really interesting. Interesting, and uh, when when we had told the staff, it was February fifteenth. That's right. And then the world changed about thirty days later, and so you know it was uh, it was interesting to rethink it all. But wow, yeah, wow, yes. And so obviously, um, I, I remember you know I, multiple times I've seen you guys out there on a Sunday morning with your family. You know, Adams in the office uh, doing different things. Uh, we recorded one podcast at your office. Yeah, when you hear uh, you office right next to us, we. Uh, like literally uh, we're within walking distance and it's fun to see you guys, you know, uh, around still. So still part of the body, uh, just in a different role. Absolutely. And uh, in here uh, today, we'll, we'll kind of figure out what the future looks like. But uh, if you want to track with Adam, you can go to adamtarno.com and see what he's up to. Um, but he is still uh, a good uh, friend, a big part of the way we think about leadership here. And so we did, you know, we're still holding on yeah. as long as we can. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for letting me uh, make that update or letting us make that update. And sorry yeah, that it took us you. six months to do it. <laughs> Works that way. Probably I was just in denial. That's the first, you know, <laughs> one of the first stages of grief. I just didn't want to admit that it actually had happened. That's so right. I, I've moved past that. Now, All right. Well, now we'll introduce mad. everybody to our guest that we've got today. Yes. Okay. So uh, David Pinion is with us. David has been uh, on the podcast before on staff 18 years. Hard, uh, hard to imagine. Uh, so welcome back, my friend. Glad to be here. All right. So, John, <laughs> am I interviewing to take Adam's spot? You are. You know, you're always interviewing. Okay. Always interviewing. Always interviewing. All, all right. So, John, let's play a game just to set this up. Okay. I'm going to name a staff member. Okay. And you are just going to tell me what comes to mind. It comes to your mind oh when you hear the staff member's name. Okay. okay. Let's do so, it. So, uh, let's go with... Uh, I know he's not on staff anymore, but our friend Scott Kadersha. A pastor. Yes, that's absolutely what comes to mind there. Let's think about our friend John Elmore. Uh, energetic leader. There we go. Okay. Uh, Caitlin Van Wagner. Uh, st strategic. Strategic? Yeah. yeah. I think George Bush said it. You were going to stay. I was about to say strategery. Strategery, yeah. which is great. It's perfect for our audience. Okay. Uh, David Peniel. Shirtless. Yes. Is that what you would have <laughs> that, said? That's exactly. Are you, yeah. are you referencing the muscles? <laughs> no. No. Here's, here is why David uh, is in uh, the studio today. So uh, David has been on staff 18 years, came on staff as the junior high uh, director, then the high school director. Then he was given uh, students, uh, all of students, and uh, then he was given birth through college. And we just reorged uh, our entire 
staff and really kind of shrunk the leadership team. And David um, was was on that team. And you look at that and you go, man, what a what a remarkable uh, run. That's you might say that's kind of normative for somebody, uh, especially with David's gifts. But what you don't know is who David was when he was a junior high director yes, and, and that, what his reputation was. And so his reputation literally was the guy who, in inopportune times, uh, would you know take his shirt off. We were on a staff day away, or he would say something that absolutely pushed uh, the bounce, that he was kind of, you know, somebody we had to manage as much as uh, celebrate. And the fact that you, and that was your reputation, like there was no, it wasn't a- uh, I'm not a arguing with any of <laughs> No, he is not. Uh, I'm, I'm just sitting here and taking it. Yes, yeah. I'm like, yes, he's nodding his head that in agreement. Correct. Yeah. It is true. And uh, we could tell stories for days. If you come to CLC, ask David about the Speedo in the Dead Sea, um, and that's just, and ask him to tell you five more, because he... So if you're driving, pull over, take a note, <laughs> David Peniel, Speedo, Dead Sea, CLC, yeah. put a reminder in your that's phone, a reminder. and then get back on the road, yeah. but so, don't do that while driving. And so there's been this time-lapse photography, as I've watched, yeah. and you have too, um, David move from that, you know, um, that position, and then really that kind of connotation and rep- reputation, to now being one of the most trusted leaders on our entire staff. And that's... It was a pretty remarkable uh, reinvention uh, of, of himself. Yes. And, you know, as I watched that, I've told David before, like, I think you have something to say, because I think a lot of people feel like at times that they've been uh, pigeonholed and they do, it, they feel like that's not who they are and they want uh, they want to get out of it. They feel like they've got gifts that aren't being fully deployed and they want uh, to exercise those. They don't know a, a way forward and it's, and it's frustrating. And so that could be if you're a junior high youth pastor, that could be if you're in charge of the place and yeah. you, there's something that's stuck that you don't feel is fair or is definitely not who you want to be. And you feel like, a, in a sense, you need to reinvent yourself. And, um, and so I've seen this happen. You've seen this, Adam, happen over 18 years. And uh, so, uh, David, I'm really, really excited for you to share uh, your thoughts with the audience today. Yeah. And so, David, as we asked you to come on and talk about this, you we asked you to kind of sketch out some thoughts on, hey, uh, did you do this deliberately? What are some things you've learned? Looking back now, hindsight 2020, what was that process like? How did you go through this this reinvention project? And so you've got three principles that you want to share that we'll talk through. And then John's got a fourth one that I think is, is uh, really important that we'll throw in as well. And so why don't we just start at the top here? The very first thing that you said you did is you said that you started uh, seriously working on your character flaws. And That's so why right. don't you unpack that? Yeah, uh, it, it really was an interesting question for me to ponder. Uh, and, and I would say the process of reinvention initially wasn't something that was intentional. Like I didn't go, all right, I really got to change. But um, I feel like, you know, some leadership deficits started to show up more frequently, mm. um, especially as the church grew and my responsibility grew, even though positionally I was in a very similar position as where I started. Obviously, the church was bigger, so I had more responsibility, and my flaws were more obvious. Um, and so, uh, you know, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, hmm. and know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And uh, I just prayed that prayer back in about 2017, so not too long ago, where it was like, Okay, Lord, if any of my deficits are, are sin, 
Um, or there's something that offends you, I I want you to show me and point it out. And I actually joined a group of other guys on staff and we went through uh, Watermark's recovery ministry called Regeneration. Uh, And it was in that process I realized a couple things that my boss, Bron Brown, who's also been a podcast guest before, uh, that that Bron had been pointing out to me for about 15 years. Um, (laughs) But uh, when I stopped and looked in the mirror, I started to see him. And I, I narrowed it down to three things. Control comedy and a cold heart. Mm. I like the alliteration. I yeah. am a pastor, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, I just have a tendency to be a micromanager and a controller and a perfectionist. Um, we don't have to have a counseling session now to go into all the reasons why. Uh, uh, but, but let's no, come on. No, okay. regeneration helped me get there though. I, bet. Awesome. Um, I didn't go through puberty until I was seventeen. It, so now, no, just that... imagine, imagine a life. Yeah. Uh, so I, I became a, a controlling. Person. Now we need to double click on that because there's some like was that a was that a junior high joke right there like no, was he was just true. trying to shock I us? I was a late bloomer. There you go. I was a little guy and I was overcompensating and and performing in other ways because I couldn't socially Good. or with girls or whatever it was. Right. Um, athletically, um, the other area of comedy was that was another area of compensation. And you know we talk about taking your shirt off at things, swimming around in a speedo, um, saying things that go right up to the line. Uh, I realized that I had used my wit and my words uh, as a way to assert myself Mm. in social situations. And that had really messed with my opportunity to serve and lead others in ministry. Um, And comedy had really gotten in the way. It it made me someone that needed to be managed more than celebrated. Um, And then lastly, a cold heart. Mm. Um, Looking back at a series of of hurtful things that had happened in my life, Mm. I just hardened my heart to emotions and to letting other people in, which if you're a pastor and you're wanting to minister to others, that can be a hindrance. So when I addressed those three issues and kind of grab bag of other things that came along with it, I really think that unlocked some potential for me. Uh, Just being able to say, all right, my tendency is to over control. My tendency is to use comedy as a crutch that can get me into trouble. Um, My tendency is to be hard hearted and cold hearted. If I am bringing those issues to the Lord, working on those, um, my personal transformation led to some opportunities for professional transformation that I wasn't, I wasn't gunning for, right. but they just started like doors started open. Yeah. And that's, a, I think a really good point to be clear with all this is in no way in 2017, were you starting to say, Hey, I want to be uh, at X level in the organization at su- in 2020. And so I'm going to start doing this project now. I mean, this was something that you were just doing uh, really out of obedience to your, your walk with Jesus, right? Yeah. I yeah. was super content with where I was organizationally, not how I was. Yeah. That's um, good. so I had some, I, I, my team had grown. I had some people I was working for that were not content with my leadership. There was some patterns of conflict that I knew I was contributing to. And so I, I just wanted to work on me. Yeah. That is so hard to remember, truly. And I'm and this is, I'm not playing this up uh, for this episode, but uh, when you say that, I was like, oh yeah, now, now I remember that. But yeah. it's just so hard for me to imagine candidly, David, that uh, you were a, a cause of frustration uh, in people because kind of everywhere you go now, uh, you leave a wake of, of health and order, uh, clarity, energy, and um, that it's just, again, it's just, I was, I was just kind of dumbfounded uh, to remember that. But I would say a couple things. One, 
um, you know, you uh, all those were the dark side of your natural giftings, mm-hmm. a lot of them. So uh, control now shows up in a, in a redeemed state is really, really organized and thoughtful. I think that's something that, that uh, marks David. So um, I think the the comedy thing, you still bring levity everywhere you went. We just did our staff Christmas party and and I told someone uh, afterwards, I said, I bet you a Fortune 500 company would have spent more than $100,000 to have you guys come kind of lead that thing. It yeah, was, you can book was, us through adamtarno.com. <laughs> adamtarno.com. It was, it was a, yes. but, but, but it's uh, in the right, the right settings now, yep. um, you know, and, um, and in the cold heart, there's a, there's a steadiness to you that's not cold, uh, but you don't get uh, whipped up into emotional frenzies now. That's the, that's the, uh, uh, the redeemed side of all those giftings. And so I think a lot of times what happens is, um, is what happens is the dark side of our giftings show up. So for me, uh, it would be kind of a caustic uh, nature. So um, on a strength finder test, uh, I'll always show up as strategic. So one of the curses, one of the blessings of uh, kind of having a strategic mindset is you just see the world through opportunities um, and, you know, kind of um, failures and things like that. Things you could do uh, better at, things that are broken. Like that's the way you, uh, the world uh, looks to you. And the things that were broken, I, I I think I had some really good observations, but the way I said it, man, it just made it completely, you know, unpalatable. And I had to learn to um, not only think well, um, but I had to learn to make sure that those were delivered well. Otherwise, uh, no one could kind of even hear that. And so that's been part of my, you know, my journey too, is saying, uh, you may you may make a great observation. Now, how you say it uh, has everything to do uh, with whether it's going to be received or uh, or helpful from here. But I would think about the thing um, that you would, um, that's kind of keeping you back, that um, makes you not uh, invited to the room, to not be celebrated, to not um, uh, have more uh, responsibility and work on that. And it, so it's, I think it's not just um, kind of character flaws. It also could be, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it, it could be physical as well. Uh, some of us are really out of shape. And um, I think that, I think that hurts us. Mm. And, um, and so I would think character, I would think about the way you relate to people, any kind of relational skills. Uh, and I would also think about um, kind of physically where you are. Yeah. You can go back and listen to the leadership X factor yep. uh, episode that we had where we talked about, uh, I think a good perspective on how with the physical there yeah. to, to double click on that. And what I think, David, what you did and uh, why candidly, there's going to be some leaders that are listening today that are, that need to reinvent themselves and won't is because of some of the language, the very specific language you use there. I worked on my character flaws, meaning I, I had enough humility and, and insight to go, there's things that are broken, right? That I need the Lord to help fix and to mend and, it's not okay to not be okay in some of these areas, you know? And I think there's going to be some leaders right now that go, yeah, I could reinvent myself if that person changed or if that person changed, or if they would just quit believing this about me and, and trust my heart in this, then everything will be better. And I, I like, and I'm really challenged by the fact that you were like, no, I had to change. Yeah. Um, if we can go back, David, can you reverse engineer how you came to know those those three things? So Braun told you you didn't you didn't listen. Yeah. You went through Regen. Anything else that God used to kind of help you? Uh, see I mean, those if things? I if I'm going back, it really was the the part of Regen where you take a fearless moral inventory, and then at the end of that process, which is several weeks, um, you go back and look for patterns, and that's where I saw, oh man, these same three things keep showing up in mm-hmm. different places, different relationships, different arenas of my life. So that was really, uh, you know, and then when I say them out loud, people like Braun and others in my life are like. 
yeah, duh. Like that's <laughs> that's what we've been saying. That, yeah. That's how you almost got fired that one time, remember? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I okay. think that's a point is that others around you, they know your character flaws, mm-hmm. right? And they know what is, you know, if we're going to use that language, which I, I like and don't like, a reinvent yourself. Yeah. They know what needs to be reinvented. And all you have to do is ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, get your pen out. Don't fight them. Uh, it, it may not always be true. We've talked about how to take feedback, but just start asking people. And um, and they've got blazing insights and they they may have already tried to tell you and you just kind of fought them. But when there's something that, that happens when you ask for that kind of uh, high levels of candor, uh, that people feel the freedom, there's no, going to be no retribution. Mm-hmm. And you go, thank you. That was helpful. It takes a, a ton of humility yeah. to do that. And uh, I'd sound like I'm like, bragging on myself, but it does take wisdom to do that as well. Because here's the thing about what you described and the things I described is they're not debilitating. They're not disqualifying. Uh, it's I liken it to the inflammation that you get when you're training for a race and your knee starts to hurt. You don't tear your ACL, but you've just got some inflamed, okay. you know. Sounds like you want to tell I'm a story. Are you here. training yeah. for something, David? Maybe I am. Right. Um, but we don't need to go into that because I don't need to well, brag you think, I mean, you, about you, you clearly, you wouldn't, you wouldn't tell us about You pointed what? your skis downhill and wanted us to get there. So go ahead. No, tell no us. I don't want to. Dude, but no, Oh, it's, no. It's, no you have I'm this. just saying inflammation. We, can, we control the we Inflammation the that comes from okay. training for a... <laughs> Stupid half marathon. Uh, half marathon. They got canceled, and me wanted. and another guy are just running around the you neighborhood. Got, you got for your a while. moment. You can ask uh, David about his half marathon. But anyways, it's it's a nagging pain that you can yeah. keep running. No, yeah. And I think a lot of listeners have have just kept leading, while they're they know there's this inflammation mm. in their life, and they're like, well, it's not a torn ACL. I didn't rupture my Achilles. I'm just going to keep moving forward. Well and I'm like, man, if, if you want to keep growing in your ability to serve others and point them to Jesus, deal with your inflammation, rest, ice, all the stuff. I like that. All right. So first step in all of this was to begin seriously working on your character flaws. The second thing that you wrote down here was that you began to consistently learn from leaders beyond the typical leadership circle that you were running around with every day. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, Adam, honestly, this is something that uh, I learned from guys like the two of you at this table um, of just kind of expanding the repertoire of my inputs. Mm. Um, So it's real easy to just go and I'm going to find all the best podcasts like this and uh, thank, just thank have you. Thank the, you. We this that. is one of my favorites. Oh, wow. <laughs> it really is. Um, but, you know, I'm just going to listen, read the next Christian leadership book and listen to the next Christian leadership podcast. Um, and I think there's just some wisdom uh, that is out there in the marketplace beyond that circle. Yeah. Um, and just bumping myself out of it. Uh, Proverbs 4 7 says, The beginning of wisdom is this, colon, get wisdom. <laughs> um, though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Intelligent people, this Proverbs eighteen fifteen, are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. And so, hey, go out there and get some knowledge. So I listened to some podcasts that aren't explicitly Christian podcasts. Uh, I've started trying to mix in to my reading schedule. My favorite book from this last year was The Ride of a Lifetime mm. by Bob yeah. Iger, the yeah. CEO of Disney. That's yeah. um, not at all a Christian book, but you can see like principles of God played out in this man's leadership, and it's allowed him to be such a success. He talks about things like humility Mm. uh, without Christ as the source, but like there's great leadership lessons in the stories that he tells. And so uh, I just have really enjoyed learning and being curious about, all right, there's great leaders beyond 
church leaders or parachurch leaders or Christian leaders. Um, what can I learn from them too? And I, I really think that has added to my toolkit. I love it. I, well, I've been in meetings, multiple meetings or situations with you, David, and you'll say, uh, you know, kind of a problem is, has been presented and you'll go, you know what? I was reading in this book or I heard this podcast and it's completely reframed uh, things and uh, and been really, really helpful. And I, I've, uh, I've been the beneficiary of the hard work uh, that you've done. And so we're, you're now not known as the... Um, uh, you know, slapstick comedy guy. You're known as the guy who is wise and who is a learner. And uh, boy, learners, uh, you know, tend to be kind of invited in and given uh, more. And so I, I, I've seen that, and uh, and it's true. I, I love that proverb. Uh, it's going to cost you everything. It, it's going to hurt um, to mm-hmm. do that. You you don't um, you don't lay on the couch and watch Netflix reruns and get better. You're going to have to, to learn. Uh, I think another thing too, is this whole idea of the principle of the path. And so when, you know, if you want to get somewhere or you see in someone, uh, some of the things that, that you want in your life, you just, you just, you know, ask for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour lunch, uh, with that person that you see that embodies those things and ask them how they got there, you know, and so what, tell me your path to get to, uh, wisdom. Tell me your path to bold, courageous leadership. Tell me your path to discipline. Uh, what what do you do? How can I reverse engineer? And I was talking with my son who was sharing with me some of his career aspirations. And I said that I think the principle of the path would apply to you, buddy. And let's let's think about people that are doing what you think you might want to do. And let's get some time with him. You know? And so he did that. And he came back and he learned and he, he bought some books. And uh, he's like, I, I think I might want to end up where they are. And he was able to reverse engineer. I think that's going to be a really helpful uh, principle for some people uh, as well. Yeah. And it really is the next step from from point one that you wrote down there of, of uh, looking at your character flaws. What that produces is humility. Yeah. And then uh, what I'm seeing right now is that the very next step after humility is truly a heart that wants to learn, mm-hmm. that understands, I don't know what I don't know. And so I'm going to go look for other people from the outside to try to help me learn. And so in some of the work that I'm, you know, even just doing right now professionally out there in the marketplace right now, what I'm seeing is there is a difference between a learning organization and um, and one who just talks like they're a learning organization. And a learning organization really is one that says, uh, we don't know everything. And so we don't think we've got all the answers to solve our own problems and to make ourselves better. And so we're going to go look for help from the outside. And it's exactly what you, and you're like, okay, well, where are they going? And it's like, they're listening to the same podcast, reading the same books you are, but the act of humility, just to go to somebody outside of their sphere of influence to go, let's see what they have to say. Do you have to agree with everything? No, but that's the exercise that produces really great fruit. Listen to something, engage with something, and disagree with it, right? And and debate about it on your team, and then and then some great things can happen. And it's all just this learning. And and what we're really saying, what I'm hearing you say, is is do that personally. That's what I did personally. I challenged myself with some things. I started to learn, hear different voices, different perspectives, and it sounds like it was really helpful. And that's a trouble of being a part of an organization like Watermark is you can quickly fall uh, into the temptation of. Well, we've arrived. We don't need to learn anything else. People are going to come learn from us, mm. um, and and that is just a lie. Yeah, um, that will that will be a dead end uh, for your ability to influence others. We have to push ourselves, all of us in any leadership position, to keep learning, keep learning, keep growing. And if you if you look into it, the most successful organizations 
you know, in the church world or otherwise are ones that continue to push themselves to learn and grow yeah. uh, new things. And and like you said, I've listened to some wacky stuff and read some stuff that I totally don't agree with, but there's always something to learn from it. I listened to a podcast the other day about, I don't even know if I should say it, uh, I was not looking into it or interested, but this is guy is talking about how psychedelics yes. have changed his life and helped him recover from trauma. And uh, to be able to process that information from a Christian worldview yep. and understand how others see the world, I learned something new. Yep. Um, and so, and, and at first it really is hard work to go, but I'd rather just go to this safe place that like I know exactly what I'm going to hear. Uh, but then when I do do the difficult, you know, okay, I'm going to go and have to actually process and think and, you know, wrestle with some of this stuff. It does become fun eventually once you cross that yeah. threshold and you're like, oh, now this is energizing. This is exciting. Give me more. Yeah. That's this was so funny. You'd say you'd mention that specifically. Uh, I told some, some leaders recently, I, the pastors need to figure out what they think about psychedelics because it's coming. Yes. Because people in your church uh, in the next three to five years are absolutely not only going to be using them, but recommending them in small group. And you need to be. And their ready. arguments are going to be convincing. And I remember the very first time I ever heard about uh, Flat Earth. Okay, we're going here now. All right. So whenever I heard about what? Flat Earth, I was like, you've got to be crazy. Like people believe in the Flat Earth. And then I sat down with, we sat down on the seventh floor, and some guy who's on staff, and I will leave his name out of this podcast said, well, here's what some of their arguments are. And he laid them out. And I was like, dang, they're not crazy. That's kind of, that's kind of making no, me think right no, now. And no, so my wife and I, okay. I came home and I was like, babe, we might need to like watch a documentary on this first or something. Least, but, now you're a flat earther. <laughs> yeah. What no, and I'm not a flat earther, but the point being, uh, you're going to hear something like this, John, like, oh, psychedelics are coming. And your gut reaction is going to be just to go from your base of knowledge and just go, that's crazy. Nobody will ever be in that. And or uh, how can anybody believe that? And it's like, no, go listen to, to what some of these other counter arguments are. People are believing this stuff for a reason. Go through the mental exercise. Uh, and someday and everybody's going to have a device a in their hand where they can video conference with each other. Oh, yeah. you're crazy. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, that's so, okay. Anyway, we got off track there. So just number one was now. to work on your character flaws. And number two was to just continuously learn and learn from maybe some different people that uh, outside of your normal sphere of influence. And so number three was, was this, as you began, me, before yeah. you go number three, let me be clear. Like none of my doctrinal or theological yeah. foundations have been shaken by Absolutely. any of this stuff. If anything, they've been affirmed and strengthened. Yeah. Okay. That's I just really need good. to state that. Yeah. I'm not out there trying to get crazy. Yeah. But you do kind of believe in the flat earth. But okay. anyway, so number three was that you began uh, defining success by your successors. If they win, you win. So talk about that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, previously I just defined success by how well the ministry that I was leading did. Um, and this statement of, hey, your success will be determined by your successor had been floated around here for a long time. And I just was like, what do you mean successor? I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I don't want somebody to take my spot. <laughs> I like my spot. Um, and uh, somewhere along the way, and I cannot like pinpoint, I tried to think back where it was. But I just bought into that, mm. um, and you know maybe it was when I read Second Timothy two two, uh, when Paul was instructing a young church leader, and he said, "Hey, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust them to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others." And the whole concept of Jesus and his discipleship with the disciples of I'm going to focus on these twelve, and then allow them to multiply. Uh, throughout. And that's God's plan uh, for the church is multiplication. And uh, I always thought about that in terms of, okay, I'm discipling these students and then they're going to 
raise up and become leaders someday and disciple others. But really, I'm discipling staff that's on my team. Um, and, and somewhere along the way, I just remember I started saying to Jermaine, Jermaine Harrison, um, I was like, I want you to have my job someday. And it wasn't because I was eyeing some other job. It was because I really did see the potential in him to do my job better than me. Yeah. And I, I remember saying it. I remember where we were in the car. We were driving somewhere thinking, oh, crud. Did I, did, what am I going to do? <laughs> but I, it was so clear. I had to tell him, like, I think you're better at what I do than, 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 what I, than me. Mm. And I want to make room for that. Um, and when I started doing that, though, um, and leaders started thriving underneath me, I think then other doors opened because they were like, wait, there's a leader where other leaders are raising up. Um, let's give him more opportunity. Yeah. And that wasn't intentional. So how did you live with that fear after that conversation? Or maybe fear is too strong of a word, but just some of that uh, uncomfortable or maybe just a little bit of that insecurity. How did you manage that? Church answer? Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the church answer is I was content in my identity as a child of God. Okay. Non-church answer. No, that I mean, no, church answer is all I got. That's all you had. So okay. I was just yeah. previewing, saying like, this is going to sound like I'm in Sunday school, but it's just true. Yeah. Was like, all right, God, if I if I am close to you, uh, Jermaine takes this thing over and I work as a sandwich artist at Subway, I'm content because you love me, you redeem me, you save me, and I trust you to put food on my family's table. Man, that is solid because that, that's not the way yeah. most people think. That, not that, at all. That's, that's going to be that's the, the, the line that, that people yeah. will remember from this episode. That's really challenging and really helpful, yeah. and I think that's good. But the, the, you know, the, the great irony is um, when people think about reinventing themselves, they're all... Generally, it comes with a, um, uh, a corollary. I want to uh, work my way up or I want uh, to work my way to a position of more. Mm. And instead, you reverse that and you said, how can, how can, I, how can I serve? Which sounds kind of decidedly Christian uh, in terms of leadership, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, and that was actually the thing then um, that was uh, one of the three things that marked you during this period is you invested in people. So then obviously now, uh, there's, if you leave... There's not these gaping holes, but even beyond that, you're a guy that was bringing flourishing in an area. And that's the thing. That's the thing that's kind of marked you everywhere you go. People are getting better. Uh, good things are happening. We're headed in the right direction and people are flourishing and growing in their gifts. And that's, um, that started, you know, w whenever that was on your timeline um, and continues uh, today. So I, I would not have thought to put that on a list of how to reinvent yourself, but I love that it's there and I'm really glad you shared it. Yeah. That. And I wouldn't only mention Jermaine. There's a, once, once I kind of clicked with that, I started looking around and I was like, wow, God has brought so many incredibly yeah. passionate, gifted, people to our team and I just started really intentionally investing in guys like Sean Hill who's on our team uh, and then Austin Mankin came Jacob Alger uh, we got Ryan Oaks we got Reby Long Kaylee Wright I mean there's like so many amazing people and uh, something Sean Hill said when we hired Jacob Alger uh, a guy that was going to be serving kind of organizationally underneath Sean Sean said here's my job with you is I'm going to train you, because Jacob was much younger than Sean and less experienced. I'm going to train you to be my boss someday. Mm. That's, he said that like day one, because I see the giftedness and the strength of character, which you have, and I would gladly follow you someday. So I'm investing in you because I think you're going to be my senior pastor someday, and, and I want a good one. You know, and I would, I would state this. I would gladly, so that was that was another answer to that fear of going, you know what? If we ended up flip-flopping and Jermaine was my boss, 
um, someday I would gladly follow him. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd actually be really proud that I'd invested in somebody that's leading so well. And I think we'd be dumb as leaders to think, I just have to always stay on top of the people coming up behind so me. Good. Because if a better leader comes along, you and the people that you care about most will be blessed if you give that person more opportunity to shepherd and lead. And even if that's leading you, you're yeah. going to be blessed. And to have the trust in the Lord to know that, you know, you use the example of if I uh, started to work in fast food, I'm going to be okay. To, to, to trust that the Lord has you mm-hmm. in his hands as well. And so by giving him an opportunity doesn't mean you're giving yourself over to a life on the streets or something like that, a life of being homeless. And it all works out. It makes me think about, like, I wish we could talk to a successful football coach. Uh, back in the 80s, you know, it was Bill Walsh and his coaching tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Nick Saban's got a coaching tree right now. And just watching these young coordinators and uh, young assistant coaches start to come up the ranks and they're on his staff and they're winning championships and then they leave and then they create, then they start, you know, and is there a sense of pride that they feel that to just go, man, that, yeah, I won some football games, but I'm really excited that there's four other uh, championship winning coaches that are out there too, that I got to pour into. Okay. Well, I wasn't going to say this, but um, I I had this conversation with my team uh, recently, the, the directors on my team. And I said, guys, I want our team to be a great place to have had worked. There you go. Right. Mm. Because not everyone will is going to stay here uh, for life. They're going to come and they're going to go. And when they look back on this place, they're going to go, that was amazing. I am so grateful to God to have been there. Now, what does that do? Uh, we, you know, sure there's going to be some, some pride and some satisfaction, but when you go to kind of bring other people on your team and they're doing exit interviews, um, or they're, you know, kind of interviewing with the people that used to work on your team and they hear this consistent uh, drumbeat, like, well, you will just get better. You want to, if they, offer you anything, take it. Uh, because on the, on the other side of this, uh, I mean, you are going to be as grateful uh, as I am. So just, just do whatever they ask you to do and get on that team. So that's, that's to your football yeah. uh, analogy. Um, people I'm sure have taken massive pay cuts to go work for those guys. Cause they go, uh, you know, down the road, I am going to be so glad that I had coached there. Yeah. That I was and with I, right. Dabo Sweeney or Nick Saban, whoever it was that you got to, right. to be under. Right. And, and, it, and my Nick Saban's Braun Brown. There you and, go. You know, if I am ever have the opportunity to be a blessing to anybody, um, I hope that Braun feels a sense of pride yeah. about that he invested in me for 16 years. And I would say what you just said to anybody, if they had the opportunity to go work on Braun's team or serve on Braun's team, I'd be like, go. Yep. You'll be a better leader. You'll be blessed serving under him. Yep. And there's something so healthy about that. It reminds me of something that, uh, John, one of the episodes that we did where it was uh, unscripted and we had Greg, Greg Crooks in here and he talked about how leadership is a stewardship. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that just feels like good stewardship just yep. to go, I'm, I'm going to have this mindset that I am going to look out for the best of the people who are entrusted to me, even if that means they take my job or they become my boss or they leave. It's what's best for them, yeah. and what I think the Lord wants to do there. That feels really, really healthy. And so, John, and that I really like what was part of my reinvention. Yeah, I'm just going. I don't care about the position anymore. I just, you know, want to be a good leader. Yeah, and if it so, means, which this, again, the humility that that takes to have that attitude, and and how much you have to be grounded and rooted in, as you said, and and we joked a little bit about it being the church answer, but it is the it's the only answer that's stable, which is I'm just trusting that the Lord's got me too. Yeah, and uh, and so I'm just going to do the right thing. So. That's awesome, David. It's a it's a great list of things. I'm I'm grateful that you were able to take some time and and write through those. So working on character flaws, learning, and then viewing success by successors, 
um, it's uh, it's cool to look back on it a little bit. And John, you had a fourth thing here that I think is really, really helpful as well about how reinvention just takes time. So yes. talk about that. I just want to encourage leaders to hear this, um, to play the long game. And you are, you're going to listen to this and you're going, man, I'm going to show up 30 minutes early tomorrow and I'm going to open up that laptop and just get after it. And uh, man, I bet you by Friday... I will completely reinvent myself and I'll probably be on top of all of it and uh, sign a three book deal. And it's just not going to work that way. And so, David, I, I love your thoughts on this, but I think what, what I want to encourage leaders to do is just to play the long game and not get discouraged if you are learning and if you are working on your character flaws and you're investing in, in others and, and people don't notice uh, right away or the, the reputation has, has, not, um, has, has not changed anyway. Just keep playing the long game. And I think a lot of times uh, leadership is a lot like uh, the stock market and you are never fairly um, valued um, in the short term, but over the long term, who you are really will. Yeah. And so if you look, you know, just pick your favorite stock, go to, go to the computer right now and look at the daily chart of any stock. And there are wild gyrations uh, in a day. And it's not that 30 minutes later, Apple was somehow worth a billion more dollars than it was the 30 <laughs> minutes before. Right. People are always just trying to figure out its value. But if you zoom out and you take the five-year view and you look, you can see the trend line. Yep. And you can tell what you could reverse engineer what was going on. And on balance, uh, it will have been, over time, fairly, fairly valued. And that's the way leadership works. So if you feel like um, there was a big sell-off on your stock... Don't get discouraged. Keep doing the things that you're doing and you will, you will bounce yeah. and, uh, and you will come back. And over time you look back at the stock chart and go, yeah, that's, um, uh, that was pretty fair. And yeah. odds are in a way that we're, we don't want to, um, we don't want to be honest with ourselves. We probably are in the position we are today because the decisions we've been making and the character that we uh, have been forming. And uh, if we want something different, we're going to have to change. But David, any thoughts just on the, the long, uh, long yeah, game? Yeah, I'm like, uh, you're you're sitting there at age 80, 85, and if you look back on your life and that that mega church never called you to be their teaching pastor, you never got that position in, in your own organization that you wanted to get, but these three things happen, you look back and you go, you know what? My character was transformed throughout my life and I, and I was I had the humility to look at my flaws, bring them to the Lord and work on them. Uh, you know what? I learned a lot. Mm. And I'm still learning, and I and uh, I've been encouraged and enriched by that process. And man, people that God brought into my life, they're thriving, and they're better leaders and blessings to others because I poured into them. I, I think you're going to look back on your life with very few regrets. That's good. Um, go hit, so. go hit reverse thirty seconds back. Listen to that again. That was awesome. All right, so John, uh, whose reinvention was better? Penuels or Matthew McConaughey's? <laughs> I don't know that I'm that familiar. With I that just McConaughey. listened to McConaughey's memoir that came out, and he went from Mister uh, Mister Romantic Comedy Speaking Guy of shirtless. Yes, I, listen. I is, this parallel. is what the funny parallel is okay. between all of this. There is this quote. So McConaughey's career, he was Mister Romantic Comedy Guy, the and wedding then, planner with right. Jennifer Lopez. Absolutely, along with a whole bunch of other ones that we failure to launch, and all these other ones that we probably ten, have. Ten, or have how not to lose watched. a guy in ten days? Yes. So he decided. Yeah, you knew a lot of those way. He did. He was so when he was junior high. It was when I was in like high school and college, and like that's the first date. Is like, you want to go see Matthew McConaughey in a movie? Yes. So in 2010, 2011, he decided he wanted to change. He wanted to become a serious, dramatic actor. 
And uh, the way he tells the story is awesome. He did not work for 20 months. Really? For 20 months. And then finally he started to get invited. That whole time he was being asked to do more and more romantic comedies and he said no. So he was being offered this old way of life and he just kept saying nope, 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 nope. And then finally some new things came his way and um, and it was called the Meconnaissance, you know. And um, and so I don't know. I mean, I think I think the Penulaissance is as dramatic. <laughs> oh. From 2017 to 2020 as the reconnaissance from 2011 to 2014. It's, well, it's the one I've enjoyed watching uh, much more. Yes. Say that. Yeah, it's just so, much more yeah. enriching. Hey, Dave, so. thanks, brother, for being yeah. in here. Yeah, um, thanks for having I, me. It, is, uh, it has been encouraging. I'll take the brawn thing full circle. Uh, so when we kind of announced all of our uh, reshuffling, I hopped in a car right after that with Braun. And uh, so, you know, I, no one was going to ask him, but I think everyone's going, okay, Bron, like, how do you feel about this? That that shirtless, out of control kid is now, you know, in some ways going to be your boss. How do you feel about that? And uh, and he was first to say, he goes, man, that that was a great idea. That was a great idea. Our church just got better. And um, maybe someday he'll tell me that. <laughs> I'm sure it's. it's uh, I, well, and this just had. This is. Like, I'm just. This, this is breaking news. Um, but um, it would mean so much. Yeah. <laughs> Put you on his lap and yeah. So David, I'm um, proud. But it's been fun to watch, brother. It really has. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. I think they're going to be really, really helpful to some leaders uh, who. And this is you know recorded in the end of 2020. A lot of people are going, man, that was, uh, that was a rough go. And I want to be uh, someone different in 2021. And I hope these thoughts, we pray these thoughts beforehand, would be really, really helpful uh, to people who are serving in the church and businesses, mm-hmm. at home, in school, uh, wherever they are, uh, that these, uh, these thoughts will be really, really helpful. Awesome. All right, David, thanks for being here. Well, if you guys have any questions or comments on today's episode or topics you'd like for us to consider for future episodes, please send us an email at clp at watermark.org. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. That'll help people find us. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.